Welcome everyone to the next edition of the Pioneer Podcast brought to us by Centura Health. And today we're joined by the Associate Head of our Men's Lacrosse Program, Coach Matt Brown. Matt, welcome. Carlton, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you and uh, really appreciate you coming on. And I think uh, we're all gonna learn a lot today about lacrosse and your great experience. Let's, let's start uh, a little bit in the past with your playing days here at DU. You were a student athlete here, a, a good, great player on the team. Talk to us about what you remember most about being a student athlete at DU. Well, it seems like forever ago, um, you know, but I, but I remember the day like it was, it was yesterday. Um, got dropped off in front of Centennial Halls with two hockey bags full of clothes and, and, a, and a lacrosse stick in my hand. Uh, a Canadian kid coming south of the border for the first time uh, for leaving home and uh, didn't know what to do. You know, didn't know where to go, didn't know what to expect. And, uh, but thank goodness we just had amazing people here at DU that welcomed me with open arms. and. Uh, couldn't have asked for a bit for a better four years. You know, the friendships that you build playing collegiate athletics, uh, the role models that you, you get to learn under and, you know, the experience of, of playing the game was, was just, just, just amazing. And uh, as we all know, DU is, is a special place. And, uh, you know, so my four years here were, were absolutely amazing and I wouldn't change, I would trade them for anything else. So we'll go, you mentioned hockey bags. We'll go a little, bit further back in your history. Now, I've seen you uh, hawking uh, ice hockey practice here and being at games. You know, growing up in Canada, was, was hockey a part of your youth growing up? I think just like every typical Canadian boy growing up, uh, you, you practice winning the Stanley Cup in your driveway. So I, I was a hockey lacrosse guy. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest, hockey was my first passion. You know, I thought, I thought like everybody else, I was going to the NHL. And, uh, that, that changed pretty quickly. I realized that that wasn't going to be my path, but, but I played for hockey for as, as long as I possibly could. And, and it was really a huge factor in me deciding to come to Denver. You know, when I came down on my visit, which, you know, was in April of my senior year in high school, you know, I, I really knew nothing about college athletics. I actually, I actually came home from working at a Safeway on a Sunday morning you know, one day, and I looked at my dad and I said, hey, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. And he said to me, well, you better do something about it. And I sent an email out to every single program that I could find that had a lacrosse program. And, and some of them were women's programs. I knew nothing, you know, and I got some interesting responses, but uh, Denver got, got in touch with me within 45 minutes of me sending that email. Two weeks later, I came down on an official visit. And on my visit, I met with Ron Graham and it was like, where are you from? And he's Victoria, British Columbia. I said, you got to be kidding me. I'm from Burnaby. He said, <laughs> I said, you're a hockey guy? He said, I played in the NHL. I said, who'd you play for? He said, Boston Bruins. Well, Boston Bruins is my favorite team. And so, you know, I thought it was just a natural fit, but uh, hockey was my first love. I, I still enjoy, you know, strapping up the laces every now and again and uh, really enjoy watching David Carl and his boys compete on Friday, Saturday nights at home. But uh, what a great place to, to be a hockey lacrosse lover. One of the big uh, parts of your expertise in the game of, of lacrosse is box lacrosse. And I, I think maybe we've got a lot, we've got a diverse audience here. Maybe a lot of people aren't as familiar with the game of lacrosse. Tell us what box lacrosse is and, and why it's so important to what we do here with field lacrosse at Denver. Well, I think like hockey, you know, being Canadian, playing hockey and lacrosse, growing up, you know, for eight years, we had the, the same hockey team and sometimes the same coach. We would, in the summertime, take our 
skates off and put what we call our runners on and lift our stick off the ice and trade it for a pocket and put it above our shoulder and uh, melt the ice and go run around on concrete and play play hockey on concrete, you know, with the ball in the air. And so, you know, box lacrosse is, is, is lacrosse in a hockey rink. And so that that's really what I experienced growing up. And, and so when I came down here um, and after I graduated, uh, there was no box across, you know, there was a little bit here or there, and it's such a great tool from a development standpoint, you know, one, you know, it's like the ball's always in play. So if it hits the, it hits the boards, you miss the shot, you don't dwell on it, you get a rebound, you pick it back up. Uh, two, it's fantastic exercise. I've never seen a kid leave a box rank without having a smile on his face, win, win or lose. And so, you know, one, one of our goals was we wanted to start box cross in the United States. And, uh, and, and we've done that. Um, you know, we started the U.S. Box Across Association back in, in 2010 um, for all youth kids. And, um, you know, we've, we've grown membership from 60 kids here in Colorado to over 30,000 across the nation now. And, uh, you know, we, we train. We use Box Across a lot with our team here at DU. Uh, in the fall, every, every Friday, we, we go and we, we put them through a pro-type uh, indoor box across practice and then we let them scrimmage and it just develops different skills and puts you in different situations that you, you can't really get it's hard to it's hard to mimic on a field you know with being in tight quarters learning how to what we call feed guys open um, knowing that if you can see a stick then then he can catch the ball um, finishing on smaller goals with bigger goalies and how do you get a goalie to move subtly to think you're going to go one way so you can put the ball the other way? And uh, it's, it's, it's hard to do that, but box across just the environment of it uh, gives you that, that, that ability. So it's, uh, it's a big part of who I am. It's a big part of who we are as a program, and it's really helped us uh, be successful here Do you? And you're our offensive coordinator. It seems like the, you know, the tighter quarters, the maybe a little bit faster pace would, would really help you hone your offensive skills for our offensive players. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think if you, if you can own the tight space, you know, when, when you're in bigger space, it, things become a little bit easier. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you were part of our national championship here and uh, as an assistant coach and, and have, have really been um, an integral part of, of building this program into a, a nationally ranked every year competing for a national championship type program. And you've done that right alongside Coach Bill Tierney. Um, tell us a little bit about Coach T, uh, what you've learned from him and, and, and how that experience has gone for you. Oh, what I've learned from him, that might be, uh, we might be on here for weeks. Just pick know. a couple. <laughs> well, I tell you, when, when Coach T, um, first got announced as uh, as the head coach here at Denver. Um, I was already I was already here. I was already assistant coach, not knowing what the future you know had in store for me. It was, it was I knew Trevor, his son, very well. We were close friends, and you know right away I got on on the call with Coach Tierney and uh, felt like we we connected immediately. And he he said to me, I'll I'll, I'll call you back and give me a couple of weeks. I need to get some things in order. I'll call you back in a couple of weeks and let you know. Um, and within like 40 minutes later, he called me back and he said, no, I, I want you to do this thing with me. And, uh, you know, and so I was so honored uh, and so thankful for that opportunity. And, you know, to this day and forever, we'll be uh, grateful for it. But, you know, as far as as far as he goes, he's, he's just the ultimate, you know, commander in chief. You know, you talk about 
leadership. You know, we're talking a lot about leadership right now. This guy is the ultimate leader. Um, he holds people accountable, but he starts with love. You know, that's his first step. Uh, he, he has a unique ability to make you be engaged and have ownership in whatever you're doing. And that goes from, you know, his assistant coaches to his players, to his athletic trainer, to his, his equipment manager, you know, to the director of ops, to the, to the parents, to the grandparents, to everybody. And he's just a really special human being. And uh, what I love about him the most is he's able to wear multiple hats. You know, you, you, you come on that lacrosse field and you've been out, you've been out to a bunch of practices and you come watch us practice and he puts that hat on and he's got that whistle around his neck. You don't want to get in his way, you know, and, and he's, he's demanding, you know, right. the best out of you and, uh, and he'll get it. But then when he, when he goes in the locker room and he, and he takes that, that hat off and he puts his, you know, office clothes back on and you go up into his office he is one of the most gentle human beings you could ever be around. And, and I think, you know, as a leader, you need to be able to be nimble. You need to be able to change uh, who you're talking to, when you're talking to them, what you're talking to about. And so, you know, his, his ability to lead is, is unbelievable. And then um, his whole championship mentality, you know, when, when he came here, he had a vision and he saw, what we had, you know, let's face it, we, we've got, we got some of the best facilities in the country. We're dead smack in a, in a booming lacrosse area. You know, this was big news, Coach Tierney coming west. This was the perfect opportunity. He knew what we could do, and it was just about going out and doing it, and he made our guys believe that. And uh, took us a while, took us our fifth time to, to get to championship weekend to bring, finally bring one home, but uh, I tell you what, uh, there, there's no better feeling than, than seeing all the years of hard work come to fruition and uh, being able to celebrate that together. What do you remember most about that championship year? I'll tell you what, I, yeah, that's, a, that's a great question, and there's a lot that I remember most uh, about it. You know, the, the first thing that comes to mind, we had this, you know, best player in the country, Wesley Berg, and uh, we were on spring break, and we, we weren't playing very well. And... Uh, I'll never forget Wesley Berg coming to me and being pretty vulnerable, you know, and saying, hey, I got to do more. What can I do? And we had this great conversation. It was at Dunkin' Donuts at, uh, outside of Lehigh. And, you know, from that moment on, he just flipped the light switch and he went on an absolute tear. And so that, that's something that really sticks out to me because Wesley Berg is the toughest competitor I've ever coached before in my life. And to see him kind of, you know, be in a state of, I need to do more. What can I do to help me was, uh, was, was amazing. And then the, the, the last thing I remember, it's not necessarily running on the field or ho holding the championship, but it was this, it was the Sunday. So we won the semifinal, you know, it was a great game, won it in overtime, you know, you're, you check it for your pulse to make sure you're still alive at the end of that thing. And, uh, you know, you get a, you get a, you get a Sunday walkthrough and we have this game, called East West and, and we play the Eastern kids versus the Western kids. Well, before the semifinals, I can't remember who won, one team tied up the series. So there was, there was no winner. So wow. if we, we had to have the championship East West game on, on Saturday. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget the guys just coming out. It was, it was like us coaches. We didn't even have to be there. They ran the practice by themselves. They went through, they ran all the drills. They set up the goals. 
They played this amazing best game of East-West we ever had. And then they all took ice baths together without us having to say a word. And they went back to the hotel ready to win this thing the next day. And I just thought, I just remember thinking at that moment when we were on that practice field on Sunday, this is going to happen. You know, we're going to do it. And so, uh, you know, that was, uh, it was a special year for sure. It's really a trademark of so many championship stories you hear when, when the team takes ownership of their own experience and their own championship mentality. That's when it's special. Yeah, yeah. When you get leadership from within, uh, it becomes unstoppable. Um, when you think about, you mentioned earlier, the, the booming growth of lacrosse in this country. Um, and, and you're exactly right. Um, now very, very prevalent in California, growing like crazy here in Colorado. What is, what is it about the game that's, that's producing that incredible growth of participation? I think it's just a kind of blend of all different types of sports. You know, you, you kind of have, you know, you're outside playing on a field like soccer. You know, you, you, you have stick skills and hand-eye coordinations like hockey. Um, there's contact, you know, like football, you know, look safer contact than, than football. Yeah. There's... There's X's and O's like basketball, you know, very similar offensively, um, you know, lacrosse is to, to basketball. And so when you blend all those things together, it, it really makes for a, a really unique sport and one that uh, boys and girls, you know, fall, fall in love with. And uh, I think it's just, it's, it's kind of a newer sport. It's been kind of lived in, in and it's been really popular on the East Coast for, for so long it's taken some time and, and some people that have a lot of passion for it to move west, you know, and, and plant some roots and now introduce the game to, to a new market, to some new eyes. And, you know, once you get that stick in your hand and you experience kind of catching and cradling the ball and make, connecting on a pass and putting it in the goal for the first time, the, the stick is a pretty unique aspect to the game as well. And so, um, it's, it's exciting. We're, we're seeing kids fall in love with it, you know, year after year after year. We're growing, you know, big time at the youth level, both on the on men's and, and women's side. And, uh, you know, I think we're just scratching the surface. I think we, we have a bright future ahead of us as a sport. Yeah, it really is. It's an interesting thing. When I, I played a little bit as a kid growing up in Chapel Hill where we, where we had lacrosse in North Carolina and and, and it, you're right, the stick skill, the cradling the ball, the throwing it, it's almost addictive. You know, it's kind of like golf, right? You, you want to throw the perfect pass. You know, it, it's a really interesting game. And I think kids especially uh, are drawn to it immediately once you put that stick in their hand. Absolutely. The stick is special. Um, yeah. Uh, so let's, let's look, think about last year. Last year ended way too early. Um, but for us, it, it really ended on a, a high note. If we can think about it that way, we had just come off a, a big win against Notre Dame. It seemed like we had some good momentum, you know, heading into the rest of the year. Talk about um, last year, um, how you thought the team performed up until uh, the season was cut short. Yeah, it's obviously unfortunate with uh, with things happening the way they did, but but they did. But uh, looking back on where we were and where we were going, we were really happy with our group. You know, we had a complete brand new defense. Uh, a lot of freshmen starting down there and logging minutes and uh, a tough task for them when we, you know, come out of the gates facing teams like Duke and North Carolina in, in the early part of the season with uh, not much experience uh, under the belt. And so uh, we, we expected that and, and we knew that. But when you look at our year, we, we really only lost two quarters of play. 
both the first two quarters of the Duke and the Notre Dame game. And then I'm mean, sorry, the Duke and the Carolina game. And then, you know, once we, once we settled in, you know, we, we, we played pretty, pretty well in both those games, but, you know, I thought we were starting to build some chemistry. Uh, I know at the offensive end, we really started to click. Um, we started to figure out who was, who was playing well, um, you know, with each other. You know, one of the things we like to do as a program is play a lot of players early on in the season. Just one, because it's a long season. And um, if you haven't gotten any playing time at the beginning of the season and you're kind of thrown into the mix at the end, it's, you know, you're, you're kind of at the beginning again. And so, you know, we were playing a lot of bodies. We were trying to figure out kind of what was the best chemistry. And I felt like that last game against Notre Dame, we, we, we were going in the right direction. Uh, we played an excellent game. Um, it's obvious it's, it's, a, it's a rivalry game. Uh, I think I might, obviously I'm biased, but I think it's the best rivalry in college lacrosse. Um, and so we were, you know, we were up for that one uh, and it was a lot of fun, but we, we were going in the right direction and um, looking forward to next year and what's to come with our future. We've got a great young group of young men that, uh, you know, are, are not only phenomenal lacrosse players, but most importantly, great people. And, uh, you know, we all know it's about the people that kind of create the program. And so we're excited about what the future holds. Yeah, we're really, we're all really hopeful for the spring and, and looking forward to next season. And, and I'm especially really looking forward to watching this team play, you know, with, with our ability to keep uh, some important uh, uh, student athletes uh, with the NCAA's decision to allow an eligibility extension. We've gotten some great new additions. Uh, what do you think about next year's team and, and how we're looking going into the season? Yeah, I think we are uh, excited about it. I think we, as you mentioned, we, we've added uh, two new additions uh, to, to our program, two guys that, that fit in uh, immediately, both from a playing style standpoint and a culture standpoint, uh, two guys that are going to be, you know, added uh, leaders of our squad and then the return of some really important seniors from this past year that uh, want, want another kick at the can and, uh, you know, know what we have um, on top of, you know, those, those freshmen that log those, I'm calling it the free six games. You know, they, they, they really, they really got six free games against high end competition. Um, so they, they've got a taste of it now. They, they know the speed of the game. They know, they know a lot of the things we, we, we saw pretty much everything you would see through the course of a year in the first six games of the year with the variety of the different styles of play that we played. And, and um, I, I think we're, we're going to grow from that. So I'm, I'm excited about it. We've got two phenomenal face-off men who are going to get us the ball. Um, I thought our young freshman goalie really stepped up in that last game against Notre Dame and, uh, you know, I know he's got a ton of confidence coming back, and I know the rest of them are going to push him to have some healthy competition. So excited to see that battle in the goal when we get back together. But uh, we're all excited and looking forward to uh, when we get a chance to get out there and play again. Matt, uh, you're uniquely qualified here. You've been a student athlete here, so you experienced, uh, you know, playing at DU, uh, going to school at this great academic institution. Now you're coaching here. You're recruiting young people to this place. Um, give us a couple of thoughts about what makes it so special here at the University of Denver. I think it starts with the people that we have. You know, we've got amazing people. Um, you know, you, you look at this pandemic that we've gone through and, uh, talking to a lot of my peers in the sport, it's, uh, it's amazing the type of leadership that we've had. And uh, 
you know, we're so thankful to have great guidance here. But, you know, you think about the school academic setting, you know, it's rare that you find, a, a, you know, a great education, private school education, smaller classroom setting in a vibrant, act, active, uh, larger city. And, and then you have the giant playground, you know, 90 minutes to, to the west of us, you know. On top of that, you have big time college athletics. You know, there, there's really no place like it in the country. And so it's this little hidden gem. I don't think it's that hidden anymore. I think people know about the University of Denver and uh, I, I know the best is yet to come, uh, but it's an easy place to recruit to once you get them out here and you have them meet the people and you show them what we're all about. And, uh, you know, because of that, we've had so many alums that have stuck around and, and live here now, which is a great thing because, you know, they pack our, pack our stands for home games and we have such great, great support, but uh, just an amazing city, amazing people, top-notch education and uh, a great place to live. So we're almost out of time before we wrap up. Uh, you mentioned you, you lace up the skates occasionally. Uh, you've got a great family. Uh, what do you do when you're not in the lacrosse world? What do you do for fun? Oh, man, I tell you, well, I, we've been having a lot of fun lately. You know, I think uh, <laughs> a lot of time. I don't think my wife ever imagined me being home for this much, this much time throughout the course of the summer. Usually I'm you know, 40, 50 days on the road between June and July. But yeah. I think I think spending time with my kids is 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 the ultimate. And uh, that's kind of been the silver lining of this this whole thing is being able to be outside, play in the backyard. You know, we've explored more of Colorado in this last four months than than I have in the last 20 years. And so, you know, we, we have this beautiful state to go out and explore and being outdoors. Um, I'm a huge fly fisherman, you know, that, that is kind of, that's my hobby. Um, luckily we have a lot of fly fishermen on our team. Uh, so we, we are constantly, uh, right now texting pictures back and forth. Who's, who's caught the biggest fish. And, uh, you know, so I like to get out and, and fly fish during the summer months. We, we like to get up my, both, all three of my children ski uh, on the weekends during the winter months. But, uh, I think just being together and spending time together is what I like to do most. Uh, when I'm not on lacrosse with. Yeah, the, the gift of time is something we've all got to be really grateful for. Uh, Matt, thanks so much for uh, being with us today. I know everybody's enjoyed uh, learning a little bit more about you, getting your perspective on our program here at DU, and uh, can't tell you how much I enjoy working with you and enjoy watching you coach, and uh, looking forward to a lot of future success. Thanks, Matt. Great. Thanks, Carlton.